San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Chargers preseason finale, preseason week three. What to watch for? All the best position battles coming up right now on this edition of Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to you, Lockdown 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on all the socials. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Appreciate all the everydayers out there. I see tons of you already jumping into the live chat on this live episode as we go through what we're watching for in preseason week three against the Chargers. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. So, Croc, we got to start with, I think we got to start with the, the matchup that we've all been waiting for, QBU, right? You have the shirt. I, I should have wore the shirt. I'm going to have to wear the shirt tomorrow post game because uh, it's, it might be the last time I ever get a chance to wear it. Trey Lance versus Easton Stick. Uh, I loved it when I saw Trey Lance with the QBU shirts at his pro day and uh, phenomenal stuff. Carson Wentz, Easton Stick, then Trey Lance, right? And then just a few short, this is 2021, right? A few short years later, Trey Lance, QB3. Carson <laughs> Wentz is not in the league right now. And Easton, Easton Stick is the highest on the depth chart of all of them right now because he's battling still for that QB2 slash QB3 spot with the Chargers. It, uh, this is a big one for them in this one. Easton Stick versus rookie seventh-rounder Max Duggan, who we saw make a run with uh, TCU at quarterback in the, uh, in the college football playoffs. So Easton Stick right now, who's currently holding on to that QB2 spot, the backup, is currently the, the, is the highest on any depth chart of those North Dakota state quarterbacks, QBU, as it has been known, versus Trey Lance and uh, and Carson Wentz, who's not even on a roster. At least Trey Lance is still QB3 right now. How much will he play? Will he hang on with the 49ers after this game? I don't know. Kyle said he is going to play. He's going to come in third after Brock and the starters, after Sam Darnold. Um, but it's still a really important game. For, for Trey Lance, is he auditioning for another team? Is he trying to? Is he going to stick it to Kyle and say, "Hey, maybe you made a mistake because how good I look right now." I'm really interested to see what his mental state is coming into this game. Does he start quicker? Does he let it rip from the first snap? I don't think Kyle Shanahan thinks that anything, any decision he's ever made is a mistake. So right. that that's part cool. of it, whatever he felt in that moment where he was like, ah, "Sam Darnold, that's QB two. He's going to stick with that regardless of what. Uh, Trey Lance does. Now, the one area where Trey Lance definitely can help him is auditioning for the other teams, which we actually said that, I want to say maybe even prior to the preseason game starting, like Trey Lance is auditioning for the other teams in the NFL, and that's something that they tell guys that are kind of at the bottom of the roster. Uh, they told you know, me and people like me that when I was with the New York Jets, it's like, hey, like, when you go out there, you're auditioning for everybody, not just this team. So Trey Lance definitely has to go out there and put his best foot forward. And right now the 49ers are kind of holding out, hoping that they may get more in return for Trey Lance. That's what it feels like to me. John Lynch was on, on KMBR earlier today. 
basically saying, hey, I feel like he's going to still be a 49er. I think that was just talk. And I do believe that they are definitely trying to move him, which they've alluded to, but probably only for the right price and whatever the right price is for them. But for them to even be in the market for getting the right price, I think that Trey Lance is going to have to go out there, perform very well, and then potentially there may be some return on their initial investment. Not to the extent, of course, but getting something in return that makes them happy and obviously Trey Lance going to the right situation. John Lynch was on KNBR Thursday and had a quote talking about Trey Lance and his future with the 49ers. And he said this, quote, I think that's the most likely option saying that Trey Lance was going to be the third quarterback for the 49ers this year, that he's here. Uh, he goes on to say, if we can find a landing spot for Trey that is really good one for him and works for us, that's not something we turn a blind eye to, but that's not where our focus is right now. So, Croc, what do you think that would be? What do you think that looks like right now? What do you think they're getting offered? Is it that they're getting offered a fifth and that's not enough and they're asking for too much because we know they've overvalued some assets they've had in the past? Um, should they consider anything if it's a seventh-round pick or are they getting no offers at all? I find it hard to believe that when you look at a team that has Easton Stick and Max Duggan as their two and three, that they wouldn't be willing to give up almost nothing to get a quarterback as talented as Trey Lance, seeing how uh, uh, their, their QB one last year, Justin Herbert went through injury problems. Right. And you look down the list, like the 49ers are in a weird spot with Brock Purdy and Sam Donald. Look, and, and Kyle doesn't want Trey to be one of the top two guys, but there's a lot of teams out there where you look at this and you look at their quarterback and you think, how could this team not throw a late round pick? at what Trey Lance could become, especially with how little you've seen of him and seen like there's decent stuff on tape from Trey Lance in the NFL in NFL games too, right? Like how could a GM look at Trey Lance and say, man, you get this guy for basically free that has all this talent. And you say, nah, don't want that. That seems weird to me. The interesting thing, interesting thing is if you created just a highlight tape from even just the first two preseason games, it will come off as, hey, this is a very talented guy. Now, the issue is the, the ugly that's mixed in with it. And I think that's where Kyle Shanahan's ultimate problem is. But, you know, John Lynch was on the radio today, KBR. I said that a little bit earlier. But, you know, his thing was, hey, he has done well in training camp. And nothing that the 49ers have done offensively has been structured around the skill set of Trey Lance. Did you catch that? I did not catch that. Yeah, he said that. He said they are they have not done anything to play to the strengths of Trey Lance. It's just go out there, just do what we want to do, and then let's see what that looks like. And I think from that standpoint, he he has improved. Obviously, there have been the ups and downs, but another team, you know, hey, what would that look like on our team, or how can we build something around them? Now, we talked about Easton Stick and Max Duggan. Easton Stick has been a backup quarterback for the Chargers for how long? Right, it's been a couple years. Right, it's been a few yeah. years. He was, so, he was with the he. In fact, my, the thumbnail image for this podcast on YouTube is a picture of Trey with Easton Stick. If you're wondering who that guy is, number two standing next to uh, Trey Lance in the photo, and it's from when they had the the joint practices last offseason. So he's right. been so, at least two years. So you look at that like he is kind of the perfect uh, backup quarterback. A guy that's really not kind of threatening. He's kind of groomed into that backup role. You know who the guy is. It's Justin Herbert. Like, that's going to be your starting quarterback. Easton Stick is there to, can I just make sure that my starting quarterback 
is ready? Can I make sure that if I have to play a little bit, I can kind of step in and play, but I'm definitely not anybody threatening the starting job of Justin Herbert. So I think the four, the 49ers and Kyle Shan, or excuse me, and Trey Lance, he probably better suited going to a team that if our starter kind of falters and maybe we don't have a long-term plan at this starting position, could he go to a spot like that? So there are definitely teams that come to mind. People have thrown out different landing spots that could potentially help Trey Lance. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Right now you have a quarterback battle between Baker Mayfield, who I'd assume is on a short-term contract there with Kyle Trask. Like that was the quarterback battle. Trey Lance could go there, potentially be the number two. If Baker Mayfield by midseason, it looks weird. All right, let's go all in on, let's see what Trey Lance looks like for the rest of the season. Like that would be the best ideal spot for him. Minnesota Vikings, I don't expect them to look bad for an entire season or for any like long stretch, but let's say hypothetically speaking, it starts to look weird. Well, they've already talked about how they're not having any contract negotiations or talks with Kirk Cousins. So you go, you put him in that situation and you have, was it Nick Mullins as their backup? And you probably like Nick Mullins as a backup, but is he a starting caliber quarterback? Probably not. So you have Trey Lance there. He gets to learn from those guys. And then, oh man, it, the, the, the train is falling off the tracks. Let's throw Trey Lance in there and see what he has for an extended period of time. Can we work with this? Will we pick up his fifth-year option? So I think it's going to be a team like that where they don't have the legit answer next year, and they're looking for someone who he can be a QB too, but potentially has an opportunity at some point in the year to step on the field and they see what they get with him. And I think uh, giving up a fifth-round pick for that, I mean, you've done a lot worse. Teams have done a lot worse with fifth-round picks. I think that would be the ideal situation for Trey Lance and whatever team might potentially give up a late-round pick for him. Is the fifth-round pick worth it for the 49ers? And we don't know the value that they hold with their quarterbacks. We, we've talked about how with Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, what did they say? Like, oh, no, we think C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins, the starting quarterbacks yeah, in this we, league. Well, that was the thing. You three like, starting these guys away. We're like, come on, man. We've seen C.J. Beathard play. You don't have three starting quarterbacks. <laughs> Now, if you only watched him against the Green Bay Packers on Monday Night Football, then you might say, yeah, this is a starting quarterback. The, uh, if you watch all the other games, you'd be like, eh. <laughs> that was a little surprising when C.J. Beathard all of a sudden took off. Like, oh, is this dude going to run 70 yards or whatever it was for a touchdown right now? All right. Now, he was awesome against the Packers on Monday Night Football. Like, he literally went toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> All right, interesting comment in the chat. 49ers Girl says the 49ers are holding Trey Lance hostage. And we'll talk a little bit more about Trey. We got a lot of other position battles and players to talk about versus the Chargers coming up in here in uh, on Friday night, preseason week number three. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Harry's. No matter why you shave, Harry's has you covered for the best shave of your life at a price you will love legendary high quality razors to skin products like exfoliating face wash and hydrating lotion. Harry's gives you a premium shave without the premium price tag, man. And I don't know uh, how you feel about it, Croc, but every time you go and you buy new razors, you're like, how is this possible? Right. It's the uh, the ink cartridge thing, right? The uh, the ink cartridges cost more than the printer. And that's the the that's the model for razors, too. It's like, oh, here's a I have a lot of experience with Harry's. Harry's man because I want to spend less for my shave and I know Harry's does give you a good shave yeah a super clean shave matter of fact 
they were actually recommended by my big brother. He said, man, go get you some Harry's razors. And I'm not saying this just for the promo here, but like, this is a true story. My brother said, I use Harry's razors. I went, I got me some Harry's super smooth shave. I actually had to throw away the cheap razors that I use on my head. Can't use them on my face. I'll bump up. But on my head, I use those and terrific, smooth, no uh, irritation, no razor bumps on my head. Didn't cut myself or anything like that. So definitely, Harry's, if you are bald-headed like myself and, you know, at 36 years old, you're bald, those are the razors to get. I got to ask you real quick, Rock, because I've never dealt with that and, and never shaved my head in my life. I've had it short, but never with a razor short. Is, is, it, is that a flex? Are the you flexing me? No. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, how different is it when you're shaving your face versus shaving your head? I think it kind of depends on your skin tone. So black people, we have kind of this curlier hair. When you shave and it gets too close, it grows in kind of curly and it can create, you know, these bumps. So, but the head though, it's like rougher, it's thicker and hair, Harry's is like perfect for it. I kid you not. Like if you go up in my bathroom right now, you see one Harry's razor and I have a bunch of different cartridges that it comes with. And I use those faithfully. There you go. German engineered razors. The starter set is a $13 value, only $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. Get your best shave ever this summer with Harry's razors and skin products. Get a $13 starter set for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 starter set. All right, Croc. I got to find the comment here because, um, some interesting ideas. Uh, I'm going to actually go to, I'm going to go to Chaz. He says, can we stop pretending any of us know more than a 5 billion, I think that's a billion dollar football dynasty organization. They have more information than us and they're making him QB three. Here's I'll say this Chaz. Um, five. It's, it's amazing how often $5 billion football organizations that have had dynasties that have trophies in the trophy case screwed this up when it comes to draft and especially quarterbacks and developing quarterbacks. And the 49ers aren't alone in that. And this isn't the first time they screwed this up and you cannot have it both ways. The 49ers screwed this up either by their current evaluation of them, the development of them or the drafting of them in the first place. So they screwed one of those things up. If they're right right now, they were wrong in 2021. If they were right in 2021, then they are wrong right now. So, Chaz, tell me when they were perfect. They're never perfect. And I'm never perfect as, a, as an evaluator and as an analyst. Croc is never perfect as an analyst. But neither are the 49ers. Neither is any organization. Just because they, uh, they have the money and they own it, that doesn't mean they're amazing at what they do and they're perfect. So somebody's, something, got, something was screwed up with the Trey Lance. Because Trey Lance, you drafted him number three overall. And he is number three on just your quarterback depth chart. He was supposed to be the third best player at minimum in that draft class. He's not even the third best player at that position on his own football team in year three right now. They screwed that up somewhere. So Two things here. All right. First, they're definitely not correct. Because if let's say they just knew more than me. All right. Maybe they do. Right. They have more intel. They have more information. But I do know this. If it were up to Eric Crocker, Patrick Mahomes would be a 49er. And that's not just saying that in hindsight. You can go back to my tweets pre-draft and you'd see Eric Crocker saying 49ers should draft Patrick Mahomes. So maybe they do know more than me, but they don't always get it right. All right. So that's that part. You know, as far as uh, their process, and that's what I was so 
upset with, especially when you told me yesterday about trying to get cheaper, you start to kind of look at things and it's like, first of all, it kind of feels like they're lying to us, right? We're trying to take the information that Kyle Shanahan has given to us. He says, hey, we really like Jimmy Garoppolo. We wanted to get cheaper at the quarterback position, so we wanted to draft a guy. I have issues with that process, definitely, and as it pertains to Trey Lance or anyone else. You wanted to get cheaper, but you told us you you sat up there and hey, maybe they just it's coach talk, coach speak. I hold them to a higher standard than that. But they told us we looked into Matthew Stafford, we looked into Deshaun Watson, we called Aaron Rodgers the day before the draft. Doing those things and seeking that out does not come off as to me as someone who 100%, well, we just wanted to move on from Jimmy so we can get under the cap because we want to keep all these great players. So your fourth option, we're talking about option D, because A, Stafford, B, Watson, C, uh, Rodgers, right before the draft, and then D, draft a quarterback. You traded up all that capital for your third, fourth option? Does that sound like a $5 billion organization, uh, the way that they should go about things? To, it, it doesn't to me. And then you drafted the guy with the least amount of experience that actually kind of like needed to play, and you wanted him to be the savior, even though you did not feel like he was going to play that first year because you were stuck on Jimmy Garoppolo. So you can give them all the credit for them being you know, professionals at what they do, but their process stinks. Now, you can question that. You can question their process and how they went about it and still think they're going to be good. I think the 49ers are still going to be a contender. They're still going to be a, a Super Bowl caliber team. But in that situation, I don't think they know more than even the fans on how they went about that. By the way, Jed York, if he's listening to this, I apologize. He'd probably be saying, uh, excuse me, it's a $6.5 billion organization, not a $5 billion organization. Uh, I don't know how much they're valued at right now, but it is a lot of money the cheap quarterback comment, because that is just really strange. It's, it's a weird thing to say. It's a weird thing to want, like just wanting a cheap quarterback should never be the goal. Like that's insane to me. Now, do you, do you think you have a mediocre quarterback and you think you can get a mediocre quarterback cheaper? That's a different conversation than saying we wanted to have a cheap quarterback. The goal should never be to have a cheap quarterback. The goal should be to have a great quarterback. And if you luck into a cheap, great quarterback, guess what? He's going to be an expensive quarterback real quick. So getting a great quarterback is, should always be the goal. Um, and we see the window for the Kansas City Chiefs. We see the Super Bowl window for the Buffalo Bills. We see the Super Bowl window for what the, the Cincinnati Bengals could have. And if you want to win championships, in most plural, it starts at quarterback. So that should always be the goal. So for it's weird to hear Kyle say he wanted a cheap quarterback. What he should say is we wanted a great quarterback and that would make more sense to me. So the, that and plus you mentioned it with all the other veterans that they were trying to get. It's, it's more than just wanting to be inexpensive at the position. In what world do you, it's never, it's rare that Patrick Mahomes was cheap for year one. He didn't play. Right. And he went crazy in year two, but Jalen hurts, um, how many, how many good years, how many good cheap years did the Eagles get from Jalen Hurts? Well, right. one, one, one year. One That's year. how it happens. If, if you're that lucky to get that combination ever for even one year. In what world do you throw that kind of capital, regardless of the player, right? Regardless of the player. But in what world do you throw that kind of capital at your fourth option? 
Right. It was bad process. I mean, we've talked about it a lot before. We, I've talked about it many. I, I talked about it at the time, too. And if you go to at Beanie Peacock on Twitter, I retweeted it, I think, yesterday when all this stuff broke with Trey Lance on, on Wednesday. Um, go go look at the arguments I had with people on Twitter when I was like, I don't know about this grade for Trey Lance with the process that the 49ers went through. I, I wasn't into it then. Clearly, it wasn't a good process uh, from the trade, what they traded, when they traded it, the player they ended up picking. I was a Fields guy. I think most 49ers fans would agree that um, they would trade Lance for Fields right now straight up, and clearly the Chicago Bears would say no to that trade, right? Uh, whether that was the right play or would have been great for Kyle Shanahan, I have no idea. Um, but I didn't like them trading up. I didn't like the pick, and I didn't like the process of the development. I think they got it wrong on all accounts. You and I know we've talked a lot about you know my business ventures and having a gym. And the one reason why I feel like my gym never reaches full potential, and I'm back here in Stockton, California now, is because I always have one foot in, one foot out, right? Like my podcast supported me, and I always knew I can kind of fall back and rely on that. So I never went and did everything that I absolutely 100% need to do to make sure that the investment in the gym paid off. And I think that's what the 49ers were doing, right? It's like, yeah, we want to trade up all this capital, get this guy that needs work that we have to play to get him up to speed to what we want. But we want to win with Jimmy Garoppolo and any other quarterback that comes along and wins, then we're just going to bail on this initial investment. And I feel like there's no way that anything can work out. And everybody's going to call Trey Lance a bust. And he's this and he's that. I've seen the worst trade in franchise history, maybe the NFL history. But ultimately, you have to hold the 49ers accountable for how that situation has played out. Now, they did a terrific job. It, it worked out in their favor. They got Brock Purdy, and he's excellent. And that's your guy going forward. Great. But in, the sense, in, in terms of Trey Lance and that investment in him, they were never all in. And if you're not in all in on someone like that, that needs it and, and willing to truly go, not just for one season. Hey, we're going to go through his once he had his opportunity and he got hurt. That's when him brought party played well. Sorry, Trey Lance. We've never seen anything like that before. So I think you can question their process while also acknowledging that, hey, man, this team is going to be fine moving forward. It was just kind of weird what they did with that situation. 6.15 billion. I think that's more right. Thank you, Chaz. Appreciate you looking that one up for us. Uh, all right. We got to talk more about the other players to watch in this football game that are not Trey Lance. Uh, I think there's some really good position battles to play themselves out Friday night. Next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. August is here, and you know what that means? The official start of fantasy football drafting month. Get championship ready with your home league by... Trying out best ball on underdog fantasy. I've been doing some best ball drafts. I've got an amazing best ball draft, I think, going right now. Uh, it's got a couple of 49ers on it. George Kittle, uh, Jordan Mason is on it. But um, I, got the, I got the Aaron Rodgers, Justin Fields combo, the non-Kyle Shanahan combo quarterback. Let me know what you guys think about that. Actually, I'll put that up on Twitter, at BD Peacock right now, um, after this podcast. And, and you guys let me know what you think of my latest best ball draft. I think it's a, I think it's a fantastic team. I think I might be winning money on it. Because you can try out Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team early so don't wait around visit underdogfantasy.com and find them in the app store and sign up with promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to 100 that's underdog fantasy promo code locked on 
Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football. The best place for best ball, best ball mania is here. So make sure you get to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code locked on to double that deposit at underdog on the app store and underdog.com. All right. What is your favorite battle to watch here, Croc? When the game starts, where are you going to be looking? Who are you most excited to watch in preseason week number three for the San Francisco 49ers non-quarterback edition? My eyes are on Isaiah Oliver. You know, this is a guy that you went out in the free agency. You said, you know, what, we're going to identify this guy early in the process as someone that who can come in and play for us. And you kind of pegged him in that lineup as the starter and come to find out against the Las Vegas Raiders when all your other starters were sitting, he was playing in that game. And I thought that was interesting at that time. And then he did not perform well. He was targeted four times, gave up four receptions. That's not ideal. He was like the lowest graded defender on the 49ers. Fast forward to the following week against the Denver Broncos, Delmador Lenore starting off in the slot. So right now, I think Isaiah Oliver is someone who's really fighting for his job with the 49ers. So I think he's someone right now, first of all, let's look at how they're utilizing him. They talked about potentially playing him as a big nickel. So, you know, maybe you have Lenore in, but in a dime situation, you have Oliver in as well. Do they stick with that? What does that look like? Is he someone that potentially earns his spot back as a starting nickel? I'm curious to see why Isaiah Oliver looks like this weekend. Uh, the defensive backfield is is super interesting. By the way, fifth rounder Daryl Luter is still on the pup list. Like, is he just not going to play this year? That's a little bit concerning. It's looking like if you if you don't play at all in the preseason and you're a rookie, uh, you're pretty you're pretty deep on the depth chart. So yeah. this pup list thing, it's looking like right now, this is going to last into the season. So we might not see him for whatever the first quarter of the year. Um, and you hope I it's think not- he's going to be that designated red shirt person that the 49ers yeah. do sometimes. They have that sometimes. And, and there's a battle going on right now. Cause even if let's say that Delmodo, let, what, what we saw in preseason week two, and we'll see what it looks like this week. Uh, Delmodo or Lenore, let's say he's the, the, the immediate nickel. And then you've got the other two guys, outside we obviously know ward is going to be one of those and then ambry thomas is potentially the other one then you have the backups being uh samuel womack uh and then lenore can also play outside and so then i wonder okay well how many spots are there left on the roster deshaun jameson does he get a spot is he returning kickoffs while uh another guy that i think we're going to talk about ronnie bell is returning punts maybe and then do you have um, Jair Brown is one of your DBs that's going to make it, right? You have the starters in Gibson and Hufanga. You have George Odom, who's the uh, the special teams demon. So there's your four safeties. Does Taylor Hawkins, who's looked good in camp, does he have a chance to make the team? Um, uh, and Quantrez Knight has looked really good and can play some nickel. I wonder if we'll see more Quantrez Knight. A.J. Parker had amazing grades. A.J. Parker had the best grade for the 49ers defense while Isaiah Oliver had the worst grade from that first preseason game. So there's a lot of guys that are vying for spots, and I know some of them are going to make it to the practice squad, but I wonder if some might get snatched up. And so that's an interesting one there, and you might have a couple extra spots if you do end up cutting Isaiah Oliver. And Isaiah, Isaiah Oliver still has an opportunity to, to earn that job back. But if he's not your starting nickel, like are, we, we, we better see him playing outside or because you can't be just a nickel and then – not starting either and doing nothing else because you, you shouldn't have a you wouldn't be one of the 46 on game day so i think there's a lot to be determined in the defensive backfield 
I call it the Brock Purdy effect as it pertains to guys like Hawkins, right? Where if you remember back a year ago, I don't think any of us were really like focused, hyper-focused on Brock Purdy. It was like, man, he did some things good. And it's like, all right, but oh, 49ers are going to go with Trey Lance and they're going to go with uh, Nate Sutfield, right? Like that just was, it felt like that's exactly what they're going to do. And nobody can kind of deter that. Well, they cut Nate Sutfield, they kept Brock Purdy, and then obviously they brought back Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, I look at guys like Hawkins, and you kind of just, just kind of just watch, and you see, man, this guy, he's doing he's doing some good things. He's doing some good things. And I'm interest, interested to see how the 49ers value what he's done, especially on the field. What has he been on special teams? But I know just kind of watching, and he has some of those Brock Purdy moments where you're like, that was kind of good. I don't expect him to make it, but man, that was good. And he could have the Brock Purdy effect where he's done enough good to say, hey, Odom, you know what? You know, we signed you to be the special team's ace. We liked you. You did good, but we're actually going to go younger. And this guy Hawkins, he's been hanging around. He has developed on the practice squad. We're actually going to keep him this time around, and we're going to cut Odom, who might be a little bit more expensive. So that's something to definitely keep an eye on because, as you kind of talked about, Hawkins has been pretty good. I don't want to see Jair Brown playing slot. Like, there's your guy right there. You just went up and drafted him. He did that nickel role in college a lot. So maybe there's your guy in a, in a sort of a bigger nickel role. Uh, I want to go to the offensive line. I've, saw, I've seen that a lot in the chats, and folks are worried about it. And you're, you're one injury away. You're one play away from uh, Jalen Moore being in the football game at left tackle, right? Or uh, Matt Pryor being in the football game at right tackle. Who's going to win the swing tackle job? I think a lot has uh, not looked great as far as the second unit on the offensive line. So offensive line depth, I think, needs to look a lot better to make, uh, I think, to, to help some fans out there sleep at night in this preseason game. Yeah, but, you know, and I've talked a lot about it, man. The offensive line is just slim in general. Can you find two guys that you feel like are decent reserves? Who are those guys? You know, you look at some of these guys like John Feliciano. You know, this is a guy they brought in, and you expected him to have, like, some kind of role with the 49ers and think, you know what, he could be a good, you know, sixth, seventh, or eighth offensive lineman on this team, and he's kind of struggled. So can he put together a strong game and cleaner than last game when he – gave up a sack, you know, had a holding penalty on a terrific throw by Sam Donald that kind of erased that. Can he do some things where he is a little bit more consistent? Uh, you know, that's somebody to really watch for in this offensive line battle. How about tight end? Tight end is still a really big one. George Kittle, obviously tight end one. That's There's no question there. Troy Fumagalli said, don't forget about me, and has maybe been the second best performer that I've seen in these preseason games. Uh, Ross Dwelly started in place of George Kittle last week. So it sounds like he might be ahead of Charlie Warner, uh, who was the second one in. And then the rookies, third rounder Cameron Latou, had a nice touchdown reception, definitely rebounded, had a better pre second preseason game than he's had really the entire camp. This doesn't look amazing to me. Braden Willis is an interesting one, a seventh rounder. Uh, I don't know if two of those rookies can make it. Does Fumagalli, the, has Fumagalli played so well that that one of the rookies is going to be displaced on this roster. So there's five guys for two, maybe three spots. And that's going to be, uh, you know, potentially where a rookie gets uh, a draft pick gets cut in his first camp. Well, you, you look at Cam too and kind of what he's done. I feel like he's kind of come on pretty strong. So if anybody's going to be released, I don't think it's going to be him. He had a terrific game against the Denver Broncos. He caught several passes, including a touchdown. There might be one that fell a little short from, Trey Lance on, he had kind of a free runner in his face, had a blitz, 
And maybe there's a potential opportunity for Latou to kind of flatten that off and, and catch that ball. But nonetheless, he came up clutch. He caught a few passes. It looked good. Third round picks. There's just the roster politics in general, where at least for the first year, they kind of let them hang around. And as we saw with guys like Trey Sermon over time, it's like, all right, you know, we, we kind of let you hang around the first year. The next year, they end up letting him go. I could see Cam Latou being in that ballpark, but I think for year one, I actually think he makes it. So if he makes it, then, you know, and I really like what uh, Braden Willis has done as well. I think he might be more of a practice squad designated type guy. Fumagalli, uh, Ross Dwelly, Charlie Warner, I think one of those guys get released. I don't know which one, but I would assume that one of those guys, and it might be Fumagalli, the guy has, who has probably been with the 49ers at least. Now. A lot of folks in the chat saying Ronnie Bell. I think Ronnie Bell's about locked up his spot right now, partially because of the injuries to Ray Ray McLeod and Danny Gray. Like I almost... I would be completely floored if Ronnie Bell gets cut at this point. To me, I'm trying to figure out if it's Willie Sneed or Chris Conley that makes the team as the sixth veteran option. I, I've been talking a whole lot about what Chris Conley has done. And it's curious. It, I feel like every year there's somebody who really catches my eye in the 49ers. They just think different than what I'm thinking. But he's been very steady. I feel like every time they target, they have targeted him, he's caught a pass. Matter of fact, I would be very interested to see his target and reception ratio because it feels like he's caught every single throw that's oh, except for matter of fact, Trey Lance threw a goal ball at the end of the first half against the Raiders that was thrown and it was kind of like either my guy gets it or nobody gets it and nobody got it. But outside of that, I feel like he's caught every ball and he's worked all levels. And when you watch him at practice, there were times where from a distance, it's like, is that Brandon Ayuk? Okay, good catch, Brandon Ayuk. Then you look and it's like, oh, wait, no, that's 1-7. That's actually not Brandon Ayuk. You know, it, it's Chris Conley. So I think he did some really good things as a pure receiver. Does he have the special teams aspect to where he can make it over someone else? I think the thing that helps a guy even like Conley, even though you are a veteran, and we know veterans, if you keep them on that initial 53-man roster, their, their contract is guaranteed for the rest of the year. But the thing that can help him the most is Reverend McLeod, he's down. Danny Gray, he's potentially down. So I think uh, those guys being hurt might help a guy like Conley make the initial roster. And yeah, he's one of the first few guys that's in. Like when you look at, uh, you know, Debo Samuel, Brandon and I, you get in, you kind of see like a reserve run, run on the field. It's been Chris Conley. Right. So it might be a situation where basically Ronnie Bell gets to replace Ray Ray McLeod's role to start the year and Chris Conley gets to replace Danny Gray's role whatever that was going to be to start the year, the better. Right. And I, if, I bet if you ask the 49ers right now, they like more of what they've gotten from Chris Conley as an all-around receiver than Danny Gray. And sometimes you see that. I mean, like, he is a veteran. He's been around a long time. We've had a lot of talks about the 49ers quarterback position, Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, what that looked like. Well, Sam Darnold started 55 games. So you would expect it to look better than what you've seen from Trey Lance, like just especially against preserves. And I would say that would be that would hold true for a guy like Chris Conley, who he has played a lot of games. He started. He's kind of been out there, one of the first guys for like the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? So I'd expect him to look better than Danny Gray, but on the team, that's kind of ready to win right now. They're looking to fill roles. I think if Danny Gray were healthy, the roster politics aspect of it would help him out. But that he's injured. I think, you know, it's going to be a little tough. And I think it's going to be tough to kind of pull a guy like Conley off the field. 
Uh, in the chat, getting a lot of questions about how long will Purdy, how long the starters play. Kyle Shanahan said uh, 10 to 20 plays, something like that. A couple series probably is what the, the starters are going to see in this one, similar to what we saw last week. Uh, any other, I, I got to say Jake Moody, like if Jake Moody comes in and kind of hits all of his kicks, then you get him out of the game and it's like, okay, he hit the ones we asked him to in the first half, let Zing Gonzalez hit in the second kick in the second half and, and build some confidence there. I think that would be helpful. Uh, Jake Moody's got to hit some kicks in this one. And uh, oof, that's, that's a, it's a wild one going into week one there. If, if you're rookie kicker is the one that makes the team and your veteran kicker never got a chance to kick in the preseason and kick a field goal and dude's missing all of his kicks. And the more he misses, the more he needs more kicks to try to make more too, which is funny. So uh, I, I don't know what the 49ers are going to do with their kicker situation, but Moody making a bunch of kicks Friday night would certainly help. That competition might be more rigged than Trey Lance versus Sam Darnold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else, Croc? Any other names you got that you're watching on Friday night? Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. Can Ronnie Bill, I mean, we've mentioned his name, but does it continue to look like what does it look like? Because sometimes in preseason you could do some things to where it's kind of fool's gold, but he looks like the real deal. I'm curious to see different things now. Like now I'm going to poke holes in his game and see like, all right, is, how is he blocking? Does he have that one drop that ends up being an interception or just that drop period, right? Like now because Ronnie Bell has performed so well, I'm going to be looking for very specific things. How he's working at the top of his routes. I saw some routes last game and the game before where – from the outside, he's not getting that separation at the top of his route and working back, and it's more of a tighter throw than it has to be. Does he work on really kind of threatening corners ver uh, vertically, or is he only going to be more of a slot, which is how I see him right now? And I'm not saying that's bad, but, you know, it kind of diminishes overall what he is to the 49ers or the versatility because they have other guys that do that as well. So uh, I'm just curious to see, you know, find out a little bit more information on what Ronnie Bell is and uh, see if he continues to do what he's doing, especially as a retirement as well. We got to get out of here, Croc, but a couple more real quick. Low in the chat says, big play Tay looks good. We're super deep at wide out. They also brought in Anthony Miller, former Bear receiver this week. So uh, we'll see what those guys have. I have a feeling they're they're more. T Tay, to me, I, I think he's for sure practice squad guy, but top of the practice squad and then could get called up in that situation. There's something about the way he plays that's a little too lackadaisical for me. Like, you know, when the there was the fumble that's like at his feet and he's not really paying attention and doesn't jump on it, and then the other team recovers the fumble. There's been plays at the at the boundary where he's not really fighting too hard to get his feet in bounds. You know, he kind of catches the ball, then one foot's in and one foot's like way out. Just there, there's some edge there that he doesn't quite have. And and uh if anything with wide receiver, and it's an underrated part of being a wide receiver is having that little edge and having that little competitiveness. There's something missing there with him sometimes for me, you know. And I, I'm not gonna say what's in young man's heart, but I, I want to see a little bit more edge, a little more competitiveness from Tay Martin. Yeah, Tay Martin, long shot to make it. Yeah, I think he's a long shot. Um, and linebackers, another good one. I saw that in the chat. Linebackers is going to be fun. And another position like tight end where there's two rookies, there's a lot of battles. There's some undrafted guys from last year. Um, McCrary ball, Graham, D winters, Flanagan fouls. And, uh, man, uh, th that's going to be a fun one as well. It's going to be a tough battle for the end of the roster. Uh, Crocs getting overtaken by youngsters behind him. Did your kids go to school today? Croc? I sent my son to kindergarten for the first time today. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I, I remembered how much I hated getting up for school when I was a student. And so I'm not looking forward to that for the next 15 years. Yeah. They've been in school Stockton. I feel like they've been in school for a few weeks now. They're excited to tell everybody to subscribe to the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel.
Oh, okay. Well, I think it's about time. For that. Are we going to go live with that? Yeah, we're going to go live with it. We'll do it live. Let's go. Thank you ready? for we making Locked On 49ers your first list. Like and subscribe this video. There you go. Like and subscribe <laughs> to the video. You heard it there. Croc and I back post game right here. Locked On 49ers.